you know, Dave and Mike, uh, you know, kind of learning a little bit more about what Oxford does. I mean, just real quick, I mean, I know a little bit about you guys, but um, if you could just just catch me up, um, you know, Mike, you know, first starting with you, kind of what you, what your official role and duties are over there. All right. I'm the uh, chief marketing officer for Oxford Life Insurance. Uh, I am responsible for the marketing and sales of our final expense products, our life insurance, uh, single premium life, annuity and Medicare supplement policies. Uh, I guess my job encompasses everything from recruiting the agents to supporting them and training them and uh, really doing whatever we can to get them to uh, share our products with their with their customers. And uh, uh, this is Dave and I'm a, a program manager for uh, annuities and uh, life insurance and I do anything Mike tells me to do. <laughs> so, so that's a that's my role here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, the one thing that's, you know, that definitely interests me, you know, from, from your guys' perspective is just, you know, the, the way that you approach kind of, you know, helping agents that might not necessarily be familiar with final expense or, you know, even, you know, some simpler life insurance products kind of just, you know, kind of ease them into it, you know, just dip the toes and, and help them understand that, you know, it's not like a, it's not like, uh, you know, you got to choose a side of the Berlin Wall to live on. You know, it's like, hey, listen, this this can fit nicely with with what you guys might already be doing. Um, I mean, maybe maybe kind of talk to me just about the overall simplicity of maybe something as simple as a final expense policy. Well, and let me, David, I'll make a few comments first. You know, when we look at life insurance throughout our careers, as, as all of these agents that we're, we're going to be talking to now, you know, you look at estate planning, trying to make sure that you... Uh, leave dollars to your heirs in the best possible, uh, at, at least the best, the most tax advantage way you can. You've got key man insurance. You've got partners insurance. I mean, there's so many different types of uh, insurance policies uh, or programs you can sell. And when you get down to to ours on the final expense, you know, not everybody's a key man, but everybody's going to die, and there are expenses associated with dying. Uh, not only the burial expenses, but the final expenses that go along with that. So. Uh, to me, it's it's a simple product. It's a non-participating whole life product, and it's a product that everybody can use. David, you want to add to that? Sure, and and to take it uh, one step further, not only is it great for the the policyholder, for the client, of uh, the agency, but it's great for the agency as well. And the reason I say that is it goes to a, a conversation that I had with actually a trusted choice agency yesterday uh, when we were talking about final expense. You know, they're primarily property casualty. But I said, you know, the final expense is one of those things that you just need to have in your holster to say, now we've talked about protecting your car, your home, uh, pretty much everything or all of your investments. Now let's talk about one more aspect of it. And it's such an easy and simple sale um, uh, because it is so needed. So so not only is it great for uh, handling those final expenses, but from an agency side, it is a terrific way to add one more level of security and, and uh, uh, coverage of risk for your clients. Now, what do you, I mean, what are you guys doing as far as, you know, um, kind of helping agents kind of sneak that in there? I mean, obviously you guys are, you know, kind of a, a traditional, I mean, you guys focus a lot on the, the life side of things. But for that PNC guy that, that you know, it's like, man, I, Joey, Dave, Mike, this is, this is nonsense. I don't, I'm not selling final expense or key man or anything like that. I mean, 
there's there's a lack of confidence that kind of comes with that. You know what I mean? Like, they just feel like they don't know the product well enough. Um, I mean, what are some of the things that you've picked up along the way that you know, you've seen kind of help somebody kind of get started in, in, you know, taking the first step, the second step? What are some of the things that you guys usually do? Well, I think the first thing, and this came out of the conversation that I had yesterday, um, is it's not a foreign language to anybody. Uh, if if an agent has been selling property casually, and and usually they don't just sell property casually, they they delve into the life because everybody's going to have that that client that says, "Hey, now I'm interested in life insurance, or I'm interested in health insurance, something along those lines." But but it is a simple uh, uh, sale. It's easy to explain. It's easy to understand. As Mike said, we're all going to pass away at some point, and so it's we just don't know when. And, and it's silly to think, you know, that that client is calling this uh, this producer and saying, hey, "I need to insure my car. I need to insure my home, or my boat, or my motorcycle, or whatever." Um, it's obvious that if they're worried about insurance, they're insuring themselves also. Uh, they're just not saying it to the to the PNC agent. And that's where I think he needs to turn around and say, okay, we've got your car covered. We've got your house covered. We've got everything covered, except probably the most important thing, and that's your life. Because, uh, again, there's going to be costs when you go. And who do you want to pay for that? How, how do you want to be remembered by the people that have to foot the bill when you yeah. go? Well, you know, the thing that always frustrated me when I would be bringing up a life insurance sale in the process is, like, you know, more times than not, that person – either doesn't think they're going to die or they don't think they have to worry about it anytime soon. Um, and that's, I think, the biggest objection to kind of get over is um, I would always get calls from um, people that, you know, they're in like their mid-50s. And this, I mean, this works for final expense, but, you know, this was like more on a term basis. Like, oh, man, yeah, we're, we're getting older. We need to start thinking about some life insurance. It's like, well, that term policy you're after, you know, ultimately your highest risk was when you had kids in the house and everything like that. And it's just... There's a there's a disconnect on realization, I guess, um, of 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 when they need it, of how early they can get it, and all that good stuff, right? You know, because usually the earlier you buy it, the more you're going to save, right? No, absolutely. Go ahead. Dave. Well, and and uh, I was going to go along with what you're saying there, uh, Joe, and that is, um, and not only uh, is it something that they want to be uh, uh, adding into that that final closing, but also, you know, when we're thinking about, like, I'm 54. I have life insurance, but I'm not really thinking about final expense. But I will tell you, my dad is 80, and I'm telling, thinking about that final expense every single day. Yeah. And and so so yeah, maybe you have those clients that that have the kids in college, and and they figure well, the term life is going to take care of them, or even a whole life right now. But if their parents are on a fixed income, and their parents are in their you know late 70s, 80s it's definitely something that they want to be thinking about. And, you know, like, you know, like uh, Mike had said in a previous conversation, there somebody, uh, if you're young, you're, you're eventually going to die. If, if you're, uh, if you're young and you have parents, you're thinking about that now. So, so that's really where that comes in. And, and as David said, he's 54. I'm a few years older than him. So David still wonders if he's going to die. I'm now at the point where I'm wondering when I'm going to die. So, just those few years makes a little bit of a difference there, doesn't well, and it? And my grandfather, who lived in 93, kept on saying, why haven't I died? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, well, so you, you brought up an interesting point, right? It's, um, and, and maybe is this, I don't know if this is part of the marketing approach or not, but, I mean, it, it, do you find success with agents kind of bringing this conversation up for somebody, maybe in your position, Dave, where 
maybe your dad doesn't have something in place or somebody's dad or mom doesn't have something in place. And, and, uh, is it, is it when, I guess when, what is the average age? I think, I think you told me like somewhere in the sixties, like early sixties, but what is the average age of, of when that kind of conversation is, is brought up? When do you have the most success and is it with the actual person buying it? Or maybe is it for the, that next generation that wants to make sure that they've got an easy transition, you know, when that day comes. Well, one thing that I would say is, is most people retire at the age of 65 and usually they have those health or the health and life benefits up into the time that they retire. Yeah. But also all of a sudden they're 65 and they think I don't have life insurance anymore. And you know, this, the, the costs would be devastating, you know, and we think, Oh, a funeral is only, you know, $20,000, $30,000. But you think about somebody who's on a fixed income now, and all of a sudden, twenty or thirty thousand, even five thousand dollars, can be a major hit to somebody. So, so I, I would say, be thinking about it at all times. Uh, if you're the agent, when I was selling property casually, I always, if I had somebody who was uh, nearing retirement or or had retired, I always finished up with, let's talk about you. Let's talk about the, your survivors. Let's talk about what's in the budget. You know, because. Funerals are not are not inexpensive, so so that's really what. No, you, you're absolutely right, Dave. And again, we talked about this before. You know, I, I look at really as final expense uh, insurance giving you really three avenues to go. Number one is the death care funding that you're talking about. You've got to you're going to die, and you've got to either go in the urn or go in the ground or, or do whatever you're going to do. Uh, and then you've got all those bills that piled up the two, three weeks or months before you passed away. And I, I, I don't mean to make fun of this, but I watch TV land too much. And if you watch TV land, you're going to notice at the end of two or three shows that you might want to do some legacy funding. There's a couple of very good charities there that you say to yourself, boy, if I had a few extra dollars, I would like to leave something to this charity or that hospital or one of those things. So final expense insurance really covers all of those. It, it's not just to put you in the ground, but that's an expense that's there. Yeah. And I mean, who, I mean, who do you, is it, so is it, is it a lot of people like again, Dave or, or Mike, are you, is it people buying it for themselves or, or do you, do you find that people do buy it for the, for that generation? That's a little bit closer to that happening. What, I mean, have you, do you have any kind of just feel for that? Well, yeah, I mean, they're obviously they're buying it for themselves, but um, the beneficiaries are their children and we get calls from, from the beneficiaries and letters saying, thanks so much. Mom died. The claims, uh, all the forms and claims were submitted within 48 hours and 48 hours later, we got the uh, the death benefit from you. Uh, and we were able to cover the costs that we needed to cover quickly. And and another point that uh, Mike makes an awful lot and as a great point is, it's not just the funeral expenses. It's not just, you know, the, the, if you're gonna have a, a, a party or, or even just say a small wake, uh, it's also the fact that the survivor usually loses their so the uh, at least half of the social security income so not only do they have these expenses that are going on and the legacy that they want to leave but now also they're looking at a drop in their their uh, monthly income and that can be pretty devastating too so so that's where you know we hate to make it sound uh you know uh, very sad and and the, the the but the what if in insurance has always got to be there and that's where if you've got somebody who is has uh, sat down and trusted you with their auto insurance their home insurance you know 
they've got they've got that trust in you. So you sit down and you say, now let's talk about the inevitable. Joey, you brought up earlier, which I thought was really interesting when you're younger and you know, you've got that mortgage, maybe you get some mortgage cancellation term because if you die, you, your wife, you want her to be able to stay in the house. Yeah. Uh, you want your kids to go to college. So you buy that large term policy for all those years and you do that. And as you age, you slowly get rid of a little bit of the insurance. Okay. The house is paid for it. The kids are done with college. I don't have to worry about that. And sometimes you get to the end, you say, oh my gosh, I forgot to plan for when I go. Um, and you don't want to forget that. And that's what this policy is for. Yeah, I mean, and so do you, do you find it, do you find bundling it with, you know, maybe, depending on the what the situation, right? Do you, do you find, hey, maybe we need a little extra term in there? Is this just a one-off sale? I know, Mike, uh, you had mentioned to me just kind of just on the overall commission opportunity that's there. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting, you know, just just even bringing it up, you know, if you just literally talk to somebody during that process, just kind of the, the commission potential that's there that you're probably leaving on the table, um, you know, for selling a policy like that. And, and, and again, um, well, I, what were those numbers again, Mike? I can't remember. Well, I, I mean, they're huge. When you look, based on the average premium for the average size policy with the average client. So we're talking a 67-year-old female is our average client. The policy is a $13,000 death benefit, which is not very high at all, and an $800 a year premium. And you're talking about selling one of those a week, and the producer's gonna make an extra $40,000 a year in commission. Yeah. Um, if you're selling clients, if you're meeting with clients, if you're delivering policies five days a week, just have one sale on one of those days, and it's $40,000 more in your pocket. And having been on that side of the, uh, of the table on selling, you know, I mean, many, many years ago when I went to an agency and I said, I want to sell insurance, you know, I wish that they had said, we're going to have you focus just on final expense because all of a sudden I would be, you know, the, the agent is going to be focused. They're going to learn some great skills. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a simple sale. It's not convoluted at all. Um, and it does not only bring in a, a hefty amount to the bottom line of the agency, but now it's a great way for that agent to get on their feet really quick. You know, and I remember one agent who was an annuity producer for us um, and he sold some final expense, but uh, we were having lunch and I was talking to him and he told me, in fact, he's the guy that where we came up with this number of selling one policy a week. And I'd asked him, you know, what happens when you're delivering that annuity and you say to the client, okay, now we're all done on that. I'd like to talk to you about final expense. And they say, I've already got life insurance. I said, what do you say to them? And he says, oh, great. Then we don't need a real large policy. We just need to get you through that two week or three week or four month process while you're going to sell the house before your kids can do this or that. So um, that really stuck with me because just because you have life insurance doesn't mean you don't need final expense life insurance. It's an add on policy that can always be used. Yeah. Well, I think what you, you touched on it, you know, just the one thing that I necessarily, I don't even know that I realized, um, you know, selling life insurance and not really focusing heavily on final expense was just the, it's more of the speed of delivery of, of the benefit, you know, that's one of its biggest assets of, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna really focus in on those, like you said, that really intense two to three week, probably worst weeks of your life in some cases, depending on the situation. Um, and um, it's, it's obviously not the most comfortable thing, like you said, like, cause people don't wanna think about that. But um, if, if uh, you know, like you said, if, if, you're, if you're knocking down you know, auto and homes left and right throughout the week, just mentioning it to some, you're going to run into at least one decent human being. And that, you know, through the course of that week, that kind of feels 
the need to do that. It would be my guess. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I go to David and made the comment when you're you're married, one of the spouses die, you lose the lower of the social security. Yeah. You know, we've got a little fillable P uh, PDF that we send to our agents. You know, what can you afford to lose? And you put in both of the pensions, both of the social securities, and then you have one of them die and it shows how much your income has gone down. And yet you use both of those incomes, both of those pensions and both of those social securities for the car payment or for the mortgage payment, for whatever your payments were. And now you lose a third of that, but your mortgage payment didn't go down and your car payment didn't go down. And maybe your food bill went down a little bit, but certainly not enough to justify for that loss in income. And again, there's a there's a gap in there, and that's where this final expense uh, life insurance really fills in well. Is there anything in, in the process of, of introducing it um, that you know you found doesn't work? That just hey, let's not say that, let's not do that, or um, as far as just bringing it up, uh, is there a more optimal time? Like the guy that you mentioned that you kind of based this stat off of, was there was there was there some timing issues that you found more effective than others? You know, my first thought on that is the 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 worst thing that you can do is not bring it up. Because at that age, I guarantee, you know, if somebody's in their 60s, their 70s, or even 50s like I am, they've got friends who are passing away and we're not expecting it. So, so the worst thing that you can possibly do is just not bring it up. And and it's such an easy thing to say. You know, without offending them, you know, sometimes you, you talk about the the life insurance for kids and people get a little bit freaked out. They say, I don't want to profit on my you know child's death. Well, this is the kind of thing where they're thinking about it anyway. And you take all the expenses that Mike talked about and you lock that on top of, you know, maybe a twenty, thirty thousand dollar funeral expense. And all of a sudden the person goes from a pretty comfortable retirement to almost being destitute and, and I'll you know, at that point, the kids have to come in and, and really kind of save the day financially. And, you know, I go back to the early days when I did get those larger term policies, when I was worried about the mortgage and, and the kids college. And, you know, they would the uh, agent would set it up and the paramedic would come out and you'd have yeah. to do blood. You'd have to do urine and you have to do all of these things. You know, we're talking about a simplified issue policy here. So when you you know, when you talk to that senior, and they say, oh my gosh, life insurance, what's involved in that? Well, we're gonna sit down at your kitchen table over a cup of coffee. I'm gonna pre-qualify you with the questions on the application. And once we get past that, and you've answered no to those questions, you don't have cancer, you don't have congestive heart failure, we're gonna make a phone call, give them your social security number, date of birth, height and weight, and within about 35 or 40 seconds, it's gonna come back and say you're either approved or you're declined based on prescription drug history and things. It's painless, it's quick and painless. Yeah, that was going to be that's again coming. You know, if you got people that are you know really focused on the PNC world, uh, you know they just hey, what's involved? What do I have to do? Uh, do? Do I need to you know look for DNA samples? Do I need to you know kind of sneak a piece of hair from their comb? That kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it's it, making it as simple as possible is obviously going to be more beneficial than not. Um, Joy, I will tell you that one of the um, the biggest uh, uh, roadblocks that people think that they have or are going to have when it comes to this type of product, especially if they're in the PNC business, is where am I going to get my prospects? Um, because, you know, the 80-year-olds the don't just kind of wander off the street and say, I need insurance. Yeah. So, so the big question is, who do I talk to? How do I get, do I have to buy leads, things of that nature? 
Well, you have to figure that there are already two great lead sources. One is they've already got a book of business. Yep. They've, they've already got an entire group of people that have absolute trust in them and have, have placed that trust by virtue of having their insurance with them. So you've got that. And like I said, either they need it or they have parents who need it or they know somebody who needs it. So if, it, if it's not a sale to them, it's going to be a referral to somebody else that is close to them and somebody that they can, uh, that, that they ha- are, have absolute comfortable or comfort with saying, we need to talk about this type of insurance. The other is through Trusted Choice. You know, Trusted Choice has, or .com has a great lead, uh, so is a great lead source for that type of product. So, so not only will they have the phone calls coming in, but they've got that book of business. And then also think about if you're in an agency and you've got maybe three, four, five employees, um, there are certain benefits that you want to get to keep those great employees. And if they, you know, this may be something that would help them. So, so there are a lot of different ways to, yeah. You're you're my head a little bit guys. Cause that was, that was honestly, my next question was going to be, is this something that we need to, um, kind of reach out to our existing business right now? Do we wait for renewal? Um, because you know, like all insurance agents, we get a good idea and we're like, Oh man, I got to tell everybody right away. And this is, this is fantastic. You know, I believe I remember those conversations. Um, and, and I mean, what, what is that? I mean, you know, is that something that, you know, you found it, you know, is it worth the discussion to kind of bring it up off cycle, if you will, off renewal, or is it something that, you know, hey, we've got the auto home renewal coming up, and oh, by the way, um, you know, we haven't had this conversation yet, but I think it's something that you should really consider. Um, is there is there is there any sort of benefit to again hitting that certain timing? You know, I think the the answer to that is there's always a good time to bring that up. The the, the great thing about uh, and having that, that insurance person that you have full faith in as, um, you know, Mike's had his insurance guy for how long? Yeah, quite a few years. Yeah. yeah. Long time. And if he called up Mike and said, hey, you know what? We need to um, to review your your uh, your insurance. And, of course, with independent insurance agents, they're always looking out for the best uh, deal for you. So it's always a good time to say, now that we've taken care of that, we have to discuss this. You know, it's it's not a matter of let's kind of you know let's bring this in slowly and and uh, and it's more along the lines of we have to discuss this. We've got you know back in the seventies, I remember my insurance guy or my my parents' insurance person saying we've got that Pinto covered. Why don't we have your kids covered? Yeah. You know, so yeah. well, and it's funny. You know, in the last week, I've talked to my PNC guy probably seven times, and the reason is I had to replace my windshield. Wow. And he took care of it all. He got a hold of the insurance company. I get a call from the glass company. He's on the line, third party. They come out, they replace the windshield, but the little plastic thing wouldn't fit. So I called him up and I said, Mike, I'm a little concerned, but yeah, I'll take care of it. Next, I mean, two days later, it's out there. I mean, this is a guy, and again, I've worked with him for a while. Too many cars to mention, too many broken windshields, a couple of accidents with my wife. So I trust him implicitly. But yeah, here's a guy that probably should have said to me last week, you know, by the way, 
you set for five. Now he knows I'm in the insurance business, <laughs> right. so he wouldn't. But, but, but the fact that you work for Oxford. Yeah, but but again, you know yeah. what a great great time. Any time to make that uh, to make that call. Well, let's well, let's close it out on this. So this is this is I think we're getting at a much deeper issue. If 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 somebody is saying to themselves, "Wow, geez, man, if I just called up one of my clients right now and." And just said, I really got this thing. I need like, to make a recommendation. One of the things that we've been talking about over, I don't know, maybe the last month or two is, you know, are you a true risk manager, right? Or are you just kind of like an order taker? And if you got uncomfortable with the idea of like, man, I'm just going to call my client up and just make a recommendation. And, you know, it's like that feels like you might be more of the order taker. And to kind of be in that position to be a true risk manager, you've already had to position yourself as somebody that is actively managing and protecting you know kind of your clients right and and that might mean coming across new products new ways to do that and what, what are your thoughts on that i mean have do you see a difference of, of just some of the agents that you guys work with you know going back to the fact that it's there's always a good time to bring this up because i guarantee uh like i said if if the client is in their 60s or, or above or they have parents they're thinking about this they just haven't brought it up to you because they think you you know you, you sell car insurance and and uh, home insurance so so there's always a great time to bring this up there's never an embarrassing time you know at, at this point my insurance guy and uh, I just switched insurance but but uh, he and I had such a great conversation yesterday he's part of the family he knows everything about my kids about my wife about me about my house about my cars about you know lifestyle things of that nature Mike's goes even more in depth. When I was selling annuities, um, I had clients that had they they just kept a, a, a place at the dinner table for me just in case I was in that part of town. So the your insurance person, insurance agent, is a member of your family, and yeah. as a member of your family, they they shouldn't have any quarrels with saying let's talk about protecting you that much more. I mean, even simply putting on the signature line on your email, so it's got your name, your address, your phone number. And at the bottom, it says, talk to me about final expense life insurance. Perfect. I mean, somebody's going to say, hey, I got your email. And, you know, we were talking about that. Or I, I saw Alex Trebek on that commercial about final expense. Tell me what you have. Or even I just went to the funeral of a friend. Yeah. And, and now we need to really talk about this because it's important. I didn't realize how much it was going to cost. Once we bring Alex Trebek into the conversation, I don't think we can go anywhere else because I'm there you sure go. It's just, it's just Alex Trebek and we're done. Dave, Mike, I don't think we can do it any better. I'm going to call it right there. Thank you much, Joe. I appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure, sir.